As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Before we get started, we would like to invite you to leave a review for this podcast in iTunes. It's a brand new show and it's really important in the launch of a new podcast to gather reviews. Will you please help us spread the word by leaving a review so that more mamas have a chance of finding this podcast when they search for one? We read every single review and we promise to keep doing that. We love what everyone, all of you ladies have been saying about the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast here with My Essential Birth. So thank you everyone for your continued support. Our reviewer of the week is HB2019. She says, feeling heard. I listened to How Not to Write a Birth Plan as my very first podcast to educate us about our upcoming first birth just days into pregnancy. This was recommended by a sweet friend who had a beautiful home birth, and I'm looking for all perspectives. I adored these girls and their adoring tone and helpful tips. Thank you for your perspective. Looking forward to tuning in for more. HB 2019, girl, you are on it. If you're already listening to podcast episodes weeks into pregnancy, you are going to be so well prepared. You're laying an awesome foundation, and we're really happy to have you tuning in with us. All right. We are really excited to be coming to you guys um, coronavirus free (laughs) and from our safe locations away from each other. But make sure that you understand that that means that our recording might not be super great. Um, However, we want to get on board with you guys. We want to talk to you about all the things that are likely on your mind right now. So we're going to tell you a little bit in this episode about COVID-19, what that means for your pregnancy and birth um, experience. And we want to kind of walk you through, like, what is the World Health Organization saying? What is ACOG saying? What is the CDC saying? Um, And what does this look like for your birth experience? So with that, I think we can jump in. Let's do it. So the first thing we want to talk about is that Um, ACOG, which is the American Academy of Obstetrics and Gynecology, they typically make recommendations based off of what the CDC is recommending. And what they're recommending is that if mom is showing, um, if she's symptomatic, if she's showing signs of, you know, coronavirus infection, that she and baby be separated 
at birth immediately. Now, the World Health Organization is not recommending this unless mom is critically ill. So a little bit of conflicting information there, but typically your hospital's likely to follow the ACOG and CDC recommendation. Um, so if you are showing signs of having coronavirus, um, there's a likelihood that you and your baby might be separated for a period of time at birth. We also want to let you guys know that so far they said that mother to baby transmission has not been identified, but that kind of information is changing every day. So when I looked this up just a few days ago, even that is kind of, it's wobbly now. So they're saying overall, they believe that it can't transfer through the placenta, but then I think it was today or yesterday, they actually took samples from baby blood samples that showed they had some kind of antibodies that they had built up in such a way that they said it looked like they had the infection in utero. But right now we just want to be really clear that everything is kind of up in the air. There's a lot of guessing that's going on and the testing is very preliminary. So don't freak out just yet. Um, On top of that, any of these newborn babies that for whatever reason have become infected because the majority of them so far, everyone that they've seen, the babies don't come out infected. They contract it a few days later. And so all of those babies, even the newborns that have contracted it, um, we're not seeing any deaths upon them just yet. I think the first confirmed infant mortality death happened just today, as far as it being confirmed. Um, And today is Monday, March 30th. But that was an infant between like birth and 18 months, I believe they said. So they didn't give an exact age for that baby. So our main thing is we don't want you to be scared. We want to give you the information, but we don't want you to be scared. And we're going to talk about breastfeeding in a little bit too, because we want you to understand that Um, especially for these babies that are being born during this time, even if you don't plan to breastfeed, expressing milk and making sure that that baby has some of that good um, milk that you have. Breast milk is incredible. We'll get to that in a minute, but the antibodies and everything that they can grab just from that is um, super helpful during this time. Well, Stephanie, something you just said, I feel like would give me a lot of hope as a pregnant woman, that if it is in fact um, transferring through the placenta, that means that, you know, for the overwhelming majority of people, especially those who don't have um, comorbidities like heart disease and and things like that, um, for most people, you're going to be exposed to coronavirus and you're going to get through just fine. And so the fact that your body is able to then pass along those antibodies to your baby, um, that's amazing. And, and the same thing can happen through breast milk as well. Um, at least from what we've seen with, um, known viruses and known bacteria, right? The breast milk can adapt and we're not ready to talk about breastfeeding yet, but I just want to throw that out there that if I'm (laughs) listening to this information, I'd be going, okay, well, that's cool. I'm, I'm healthy and I am going to do just fine. And I'm going to pass along some awesome antibodies to my baby. Hopefully. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. So that is a happy thought. Overall, generally speaking, pregnant women are more susceptible to infectious disease um, because of immune suppression during pregnancy. But ACOG is currently stating that current data does not show that pregnant women are at an increased risk. Yeah. So those guidelines are, they're based off of other infections such as SARS and influenza. So it's an assumed risk. So again, a lot of things kind of coming up here that are assumed or they're making their best guesses. So we just want to tell you guys, that means 
make sure that you're washing your hands when you go in and out of places. If you feel comfortable wearing a mask, that's a great idea. If you have somebody else that can do your grocery shopping for you and you can kind of clean it on the way in, if you want to be extra cautious, those are just some steps that you can take to make sure that you're staying safe. And if you're left right now going, wait a minute, that's like conflicting information, two different pieces of conflicting information. You're right. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right on both sides. Generally, women have had um, more susceptibility to infectious diseases, but ACOG is saying that they're not at an increased risk. And so just you guys take it with a grain of salt. Um, I, it's just an unknown. This is a bit of an unknown variable, and we're trying to give you as many knowns as we can. Exactly. And I would say err on the side of caution as well, just for yourself, <laughs> for your for your mental and emotional state, if nothing else. Um, we also want to tell you, and we're sure that you already know, that doctor's offices are limiting routine visits and ultrasounds, and they're using telehealth instead. So except for moms, obviously, that are at a higher risk, um, which we think is kind of a blessing. I mean, generally, I feel like women shouldn't be treated like they are, they have a sickness or an illness or something like that. So I don't think there's necessarily a reason to be going into an office or having vaginal exams. Um, there's nothing, there's, I mean, at least evidence-based that shows that those things provide better care in one way or another, if that makes sense. All right. So let's move on to breastfeeding. Cause I think you and I have both been super excited about this. We've mentioned it a couple of times already. To date, there is no evidence of coronavirus being found in breast milk. The guidelines for breastfeeding are going to depend on the hospital and the separation practices. And this is where I think World Health Organization has it right. Um, I think even if a mother or baby tests positive, this is my personal thoughts. Um, it makes sense for a mom to be doing kangaroo care, to have baby close to her, to make sure you're breastfeeding on demand and to have, um, I mean, again, back to like the mental, emotional, have your baby close by and all of that bonding that happens within those early hours. But again, I think it can be adapted to your comfort level. If you do test positive for coronavirus and you've got this new little baby that's currently negative, um, you may feel more comfortable having there be a bit of a separation. And I don't want you to think that your breastfeeding journey then has to stop. You can certainly do what's referred to as pump and dump, right? Like um, if that's something that's concerning to you. But again, keep in mind that there has been no evidence of the virus found in breast milk. So maybe you just take some extra precautions um, in, in how you uh, prepare the breast milk for baby and things. Yeah. And so the precautions are actually as follows. If mom tests positive or if she has symptoms, it's actually everybody, the CDC, World Health Organization, and ACOG, they're all saying that they want you to continue breastfeeding, that that seems to be the best, safest practice for mom and baby. Um, but you want to make sure that you're washing your hands before and after breastfeeding baby. Um, and if you're expressing milk or using a pump, same thing, you want to wash your hands before and after and make sure that you're sterilizing equipment. And then if you do have your baby with you, um, perhaps maybe you do have symptoms or you don't just as a precaution, they're saying wear a mask. They're not so much worried about, um, like I, like we said, it coming through the breast milk, but they are concerned about respiratory droplets. So you're holding onto your baby, you're looking over them, a sneeze or a cough or breathing on them. Um, that's what the mask would be for. I have this image in my mind of like <laughs> some mom holding the baby after a <sighs> like breathing heavy on or the like mind. Blair Witch Project. Like nursing her baby and her nose is just drooping in fear. Right. You're trying to hold a breast pump to yourself and just like sneezing all over it. Just <laughs> sorry. We're, it's, 
we're tired. Just don't do that, okay? <laughs> All, right. All right, let's move on to some other things to consider. These are just kind of some random thoughts of ours um, and some information or thoughts of moms that we've seen online. So we have seen an increase of providers inducing at 39 weeks. And the idea and what some women are being told is that they want to make sure that there's enough beds available for the women coming in. And so this is to make sure that they have enough beds. It's a safe practice for mom and baby. We want to be really clear that this is not an evidence-based practice and we still do not recommend, neither do many midwives or doctors inducing for any reason, just around COVID-19 specifically. Right. And other reasons we've heard doctors give is that, well, you know, our area hasn't been hit very hard yet. You want to stay ahead of that curve. So the sooner your baby comes, the better. And that sounds like a good reason. And we're not here to judge if that's something you feel strongly about either. Um, but it's, it's just not an evidence-based practice. I think from at least my point of view, I want my baby growing inside of me healthy and strong for as long as they're able um, before they're ready to be delivered. But again, I can kind of see it both ways. Yeah, I completely agree. As with everything, I think we support moms doing what they believe is best for themselves and their body. So um, you guys always have our support. We hope you know that. Um, along with that, the number one complication that they are seeing in regards to pregnancy with women that do test positive for COVID-19 is preterm labor. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, I would say just as a precaution to make sure that bags are packed early, um, that you have everything in place so that if preterm labor does become a thing, that you can be ready and a little more calm. You can still have a birth plan in place. You can still have some of those things that are really important to you as you transfer into that hospital situation. Right. And if you do find yourself um, symptomatic and you're pregnant, just, you know, take some extra precautions. Try to stay well hydrated. Um, you know, do what you can. All right. So what do we do with all this information? What does this mean for you and your baby? Um, I think it means don't stress. And I think it means that you, you recognize what you can control and what you can't control. And that can be really hard to separate. And so for that, I would refer you to our guided meditation and relaxation practice. We'll link to that into the, in the show notes. And we've had a couple messages, by the way, just real quick from people who are like, you keep talking about these free things in your podcast and I don't know where to go to get them. So again, if you're looking for these freebies that we talk about, you need to go to myessentialbirth.com forward slash podcast, scroll kind of towards the bottom of the page and pick the episode that you're looking for. And if you go to that post, that page, um, there'll be at the bottom um, links mentioned in this episode. And that's where you can find the links to all these freebies. Just sorry, I know that's off topic, but some people are going to wonder where to find this guided med meditation and relaxation practice. So I think that that's something to definitely take advantage of right now to allow your mind to relax, to get it in a place of um, hope and faith and just focusing on what you can control. I like that a lot. Um, I think it's important to keep in mind too, that our bodies are smart and babies born to moms with COVID-19 have antibodies. Um, like I said, that's a recent thing, but it's pretty neat. And then we know that breast milk helps babies fight infection. So I just want to say to trust the process. I think over the years from the beginning of time, 
Um, just bodies are smart and I trust that we come from this higher source that has a plan. And so I think when we look at it that way, whether or not you're religious, whether or not you want to save the universe or something greater than myself, there is a plan for you. Um, and I think I, at least for myself, I find a lot of comfort in thoughts like that. So hopefully that's helpful to you. And you're not alone. I, I know that within our own, my essential birth private community, a lot of women are expressing their thoughts and feelings and concerns about this time. And just know that all over the world, um, you know, I forget how many pregnant women there are at any given day in the world, but just know that you're part of a global network of other pregnant mamas and, and we're here to support you. And it's been so incredible watching how all kinds of people have rallied around pregnant women during this time. That's, um, it's such a blessing, I think, to see so much humanity come out during times like these. I totally, that's been my favorite part of this whole thing. Like, I think sometimes it feels like the world is so heavy and evil and like dark even. And then to see like the whole world has come together to support not only pregnant women, but just each other, just the free rents or the, the money coming in people or the gifts or the blessings. That has been absolutely my favorite part of all this. Yes. Um, along, along with that, we want you to know that you have options. So this was something that I thought was super neat. And Courtney and I, I mean, I kind of laugh because I'm like, oh, now the midwives are the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> right? Now they're saying it's safe for you to go have a home birth. But right. Now, yes. now nobody's mad at them anymore. Now they're helpful. Um, now women that are low risk and healthy, it's just as safe to give birth at home as it is hospital. So, um, but along with that, keep in mind that if you haven't checked already, this may be you. Some insurances are covering home births right now during this pandemic, because if you are a healthy, low risk mom, that may be the safer option for you. Um, I want to take a moment and sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say they're also doing this in an effort to try and free up more hospital beds, um, including in the labor and delivery ward for, you know, overflow from COVID-19 patients. And so there's many reasons why a lot of insurance companies are covering home birth right now, but I think it's awesome. As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. And we're going to get into pros and cons of what that could look like. Cause just like you mentioned, if, if some of those spots are getting um, you know, opened for women that have COVID-19 or other patients who have COVID-19, then really what's the safest, best bet. But we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Um, I want to take a moment though, and read this from ACOG. They put this official statement out and I think it's just really important and really good. It's a good read. It says, regardless of whether an area is currently experiencing wide community spread, ACOG encourages all facilities to begin strategizing how to expand their obstetric workforce. 
Facilities should consider rapid credentialing and privileging of temporary obstetric care clinicians not currently practicing obstetrics to enable augmentation of the workforce, retraining these individuals as necessary and ensuring proper insurance coverage. Additionally, if not already doing so, facilities are encouraged to find innovative ways to collaborate with family physicians, midwives who are certified by the American Midwifery Certification Board, or whose education and licensure meet the International Confederation of Midwives Global Standards for Midwifery Education and Other Obstetric Care Professionals. We're going to put the link to that below in the show notes as well. Um, I just, again, I when we're talking about carrying that. Yes, people rallying around each other, like take a look because they're doing everything in their power to make sure that women are taken care of during pregnancy and birth. And I think it's beautiful. Well, I think too, and you know, maybe this doesn't belong in this conversation, but I know you and I both have the goal someday to go to midwifery school and be midwives. And I hate that. I feel like I have to choose between whether or not I get to work in a hospital and support women there, or if I want to be a home birth midwife. And so I, I kind of see this as a potential to maybe bridge that gap. Um, and, and I think that could be a potential blessing that's coming out of this. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the way that it's brought exactly the midwifery and obstetric community together has been such a blessing as well. I also just love and appreciate the humility on ACOG's part in recognizing midwives and midwifery practices and assessing the safest and best ways for all women to walk through this pandemic at this time. And you also still have the option to birth in a hospital setting. So don't let us stress you out. If you know you're someone that is like, no, 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 I'm getting that epidural. (laughs) Um, Or if you just generally feel unprepared to give birth out of hospital in any way, there's many precautions that they're taking right now. So we don't want moms to feel stressed about going into a hospital situation. So let's chat about those pros and cons, because there are pros and cons to both sides regarding um, birthing, you know, in hospital or out of hospital right now during the pandemic. We've done other podcast episodes talking about the pros and cons of birthing in or out of hospital during a normal non-pandemic time. Um, We'll link to some of those episodes in the show notes. So we're not going to get super the details we're going to talk about are how they relate to birthing in coronavirus times. So in my mind, some of the pros to birthing in a hospital, even with COVID-19 going on, are you have access to pain medication, especially if this is something you've been um, counting on, I guess you could say for your entire pregnancy, like, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting that epidural. That's what I want. Um, then great. You can have that in a hospital setting. Um, it's also a blessing to be able to birth in the hospital if you're a high-risk mama, and we've defined what that is before. Um, and it's also a pro that if you or your baby are in need of a cesarean birth, um, you can have one in a hospital. Some cons that may be the case is they may limit birth support. Like we all know what happened this last week or two with New York City. Now they are originally what happened in case you are not aware is they took all birth support away. They said only the birthing mother was allowed in the hospital that included not having the birth partner or any kind of doula support nobody except the birthing mom. Luckily, they recently passed legislation just this last week that says, absolutely, a mother deserves to have at a minimum one person supporting her, whether that's a birth partner or a doula or whoever she chooses. Um, And so we'll get into that in next week's episode. But if your partner or your doula, whoever, if they have any kind of symptoms of COVID-19, then they can't support 
However, you are still able to have one person. So having some kind of backup will be important. Anyways, the con in a hospital setting is they may limit the amount of people that can support you. So if they're saying you can have one, maybe at a home birth or a birth center, you can have your partner and your doula and your mom or however that works out. I know that they're being yeah. careful about the amount of people there too, but it's likely that you can have a little more birth support. Um, well, another and con- I know, Go ahead. And I know some moms who maybe they had older children who were really looking forward to, you know, being there at the birth or going up and meeting little baby brother or sister right after, and they now can't do that. And that's kind of a disappointment for the child and for mom and Um, so we understand it's not just limiting who can be with you during birth, but, you know, visitors as well. Right. But what a neat thing too, to like, if you think of like Spanish flu 1918 versus now, like we've got video chat, we've, you know, like we can record all this stuff. I just think, I mean, it's not as good, but what a blessing. Right. Um, and then, okay. Another con for the hospital is a greater risk for coming into contact with someone who has COVID-19 if you do not have it yourself. Um, one thing that I thought about was even the, the birth assistants that are there, like the nurses and stuff going in from room to room to room and they're taking all the precautions in the world. Um, but I do think it does increase that risk. And then another con that we came up with was policies that may require a separation of mom and baby where likely at a birth center or a home birth, even if mom has symptoms, it's likely that that separation would be more minimal, um, less time, or, you know, might not happen at all. Exactly. So let's now talk about a home birth or birthing at a birth center. So basically birthing out of a hospital. The pros in this situation would be that you can have all the birth support that you desire. We talked about that, right? You can probably have your partner there, your doula there. If you want to have, you know, baby siblings there, that's probably okay. Um, You'll have to talk to that particular midwife or birth center about what their policies are. And certainly you would want people who are asymptomatic of coronavirus, but um, it's likely that you can have whatever people you want at the birth. And because you're not giving birth at a place where sick people congregate, there's less of a concern of coming into contact with people who are infected. You also don't need to worry about the amount of beds available at your hospital because there's always going to be one for you if you're birthing out of hospital. And another pro to having a home birth or a birth center birth during this time is water. Need I say more? Water is like nature's epidural and you're now going to have full access to that. It's awesome. Agreed. Um, and I'll go over some of the cons. So obviously in this situation, you can't have pain meds or an epidural. That doesn't mean that they don't have emergency meds like Pitocin or other things that are going to help keep you safe and all of that kind of thing. Um, but they do not have things like narcotics, um, or epidurals. And then it may not be something that moms are mentally or emotionally comfortable with or prepared for. And so that can certainly be a con for you. Again, we want to make sure that you understand we're not pushing you one direction or the other. We want to give you all of your options and the information so that you have that informed consent going forward. So I guess bottom line, if you are a healthy, low-risk mom, meaning you're healthy, you have a healthy pregnancy, you can absolutely have a safe and very happy home birth. And we know a lot of people are considering switching last minute. Um, We kind of sometimes compare an unmedicated birth to sort of preparing for a marathon, right? There's things you need to know. There's things you're going to want to practice ahead of time. And, um, you know, it's certainly to your advantage to start preparing for that 
in advance when you can. But we've had women at least join our online birth course at what, Steph, like 38 weeks, 39 mm-hmm. weeks, and have gone on to have incredible, you know, unmedicated births if that was their desire. And so I guess just, you know, any kind of preparation is better than no preparation, especially if you're considering an out-of-hospital birth. Yeah. And I feel like literally we talk about this all the time. Like if you are a healthy, low risk mom, there's no reason that you can't have the option, not that you have to go one way or the other, but there's no reason you can't have that option to choose your birth space. So I think that's really important. Um, I think we want to be clear too, that we believe in your strength. We believe in your ability to make informed decisions for yourself and your baby. And we're also here to support you along the way. Um, I know we're always saying this, but you can shoot us an email. You can send us a DM. We want you to find other women with positive birth stories as you research and as you prepare. Um, Make sure that your birth circle right now, I feel like, is so important for all of you moms going through this. Make it tight. Make it people that are encouraging you and uplifting and believe in what you're doing Um, because you are walking through something that no one before you has. And what an incredible thing, what an incredible path you are forging, but you're going to need that support along the way. If your hospital is instituting policies that go against maybe the World Health Organization, maybe they're separating all moms and babies, whether you test positive for COVID-19 or not, and that doesn't feel right to you, it certainly wouldn't feel right to my mama heart. I am still blown away by watching what happened when women um, all over the world began advocating on behalf of themselves and on behalf of women of New York City and how one week later after women started speaking up and saying, no, I deserve birth support, that um, that, that policy was changed. So things are going to continue to change and unfold in unexpected ways. And so if there's a policy change that you don't feel is in your best interest or your baby's best interest, don't be afraid to speak up and advocate. It doesn't hurt to ask or make a request. Um, You know, we certainly don't want you to feel disappointed if the answer is no, but keep in mind that you are, like Stephanie said, forging a path for those who come after you in this situation. Bottom line, prepare, prepare, prepare. Prepare yourself with thoughts that you can do and have whatever kind of birth experience that you want to have. Prepare your body physically for the kind of birth that you want to have. I'm with Stephanie. I truly believe in your strength, your physical strength, your emotional and mental strength. You can do this. We're here to support you. And there's a community all around you ready to support you too. But be prepared. Prepare in every way you possibly can for this birth. Get educated, get resources, get practicing, because when you're prepared, it helps to take away a lot of that fear. You can do anything if you train and prepare for it. We love you, mamas, so much. We're right there with you. We want you to know, too, um, you're never going to regret taking time to prepare. You're not going to prepare too much. That's not a thing. And we want you guys to tune in next week because next week's episode is all about how to prepare. Um, if you are in a situation where you have less birth support, what that looks like for a birthing mama, we're going to just break it down for you guys and give you all the details there. So make sure that you guys stay with us and you tune in next week as well. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.